Welcome to the Mum Break Podcast, a place where you can feel normal, get helpful information, and laugh your ass off. Hopefully without peeing your pants. I'm your host, Erica, and I have two kiddos. I am not a mom expert, but I do have a zillion hours of therapy under my belt and no filter. I'm on my own journey to find happiness, and I want to help you on the way to yours. Last episode, I talked all about how I was feeling super overwhelmed and what I did to create a morning routine that worked for me. So this is the perfect segue into my episode of how shortly after starting that morning routine, I ended up in the hospital and starting to have anxiety attacks and my thyroid was really wonky and how I couldn't breathe and things were just not great from a health perspective. And I'm going to walk through what actually happened because it was a wild, scary kind of awful two weeks. And it is not the outcome that I thought. So rewind because how I got from, if you listen to the last episode, from literally starting to meditate all, twice a day and showering twice a day and just generally taking better care of myself to having my first panic attack ever. And then a few days later, having to go to the hospital because I couldn't breathe is um, a weird, unexpected outcome and story. So what ended up happening was one... So actually, I, I should actually fast forward because this is an important point to note. Uh, just after the Christmas break, which, you know, you're listening to this, is that's not a helpful <laughs> indicator. Uh, but it's so funny. When I give time frames, I know that they're always wildly wrong. So take that with a grain of salt. My time blindness is real. I'm going to say about a month ago now, we all had COVID in the house. It, uh, my little guy was in daycare. He had his best friend, got a message. He had it. Thank goodness we were all, um, hit relatively lightly. Ironically, my husband and I were hit. The worst kids are, or in my experience, my kids are wildly resilient if they've ever had a flu or a cold, there's usually a day where they're just sick and snuggly. But then after that, it's like they're the energizer bunny. Maybe that's just my kids because they are spunky. Who knows? Thankfully, we were all okay. But we def- my husband and I definitely felt like we took a hit. It was the best way to describe it was it felt like a variation of the flu for us. So thank goodness we're all up, we're all vaccinated safe space, right? We're all vaccinated. It's our personal choice. Yay, science. Um, but say that so casually, like it's not the most triggering thing in the world to some people, but it shouldn't be um, because respect is what I believe in. And I think you guys figure that out. So we had this weird variation of a flu. That's how it hit us. So, you know, I felt lots of muscle aches. I felt exhausted. Um, Honestly, I've kind of blocked it all out. But the thing that I didn't expect was that the recovery, it sort of just dragged on. It's, uh, I had a really hard time breathing. It was nerve wracking because things that I used to be able to do were really hard walking up the stairs. As an example, I get to the top of the stairs and I wouldn't be able to breathe. So that's the backstory to it because then a, a few weeks, I mean, this is all very recent. So let's say, Two weeks after having COVID and, you know, seemingly recovering from it, 
I was lying in bed one night, everyone was back in the world, things were good. And I don't know, it was my regular bedtime of 8pm, like my old fart self. And I I was starting to feel like it was hard to breathe. So I sort of sat up, sat on the edge of my bed, tried to catch my breath. And I thought, because I had started this fabulous new morning routine, I thought, you know what? I know how helpful the shower can be to just center myself and take a pause. I'm feeling gross. I feel gross because I'm still sort of recovering from COVID. What can I do? I'm going to walk over to the shower and just take a few breaths in there and re- recenter. Maybe that'll help. I couldn't, I have a big master, sorry, I have a big main bedroom, but I still, so it's not like, um, if you're not feeling well, it is a decent walk if you're having trouble breathing, but I couldn't make it to the bathroom. And I ended up just, as mothers do often, finding a spot on the floor and sitting there and collapse. But it was more instead of the emotional desperation of let me find a corner and hide. It was quite literally, I can't make it the next few steps because I can't catch my breath. So I sat down and it escalated and I freaked out and I couldn't breathe. And I I sat there on the floor just trying to catch my breath, terrified and I have an Apple watch, which shows my heart rate. And I I was, you know, sitting there for 10 minutes and my heart rate couldn't, I couldn't get it below 120. Resting heart rate is usually quite a bit lower than that (laughs) normally. Um, And my husband came over and he tried to, I mean, I'd been gone for five minutes. was just sitting there sort of like heavy breathing. And so he came over to check on me and wanted to know what he could do to help. But because I couldn't breathe and my whole body felt like it was just shutting down, I couldn't talk. Or I, I may have been able to squeeze out, squeeze out a few words, but I, I couldn't use the energy to talk. It sort of felt like I was being waterboarded a little bit at the time. It's the best way. I don't know how to describe that. It was strange. And then after 10 minutes, it just went away. I got back up and I went into bed. And I should say that I've had panic attacks before, which were quite a bit different um, in that in the, it was postpartum depression. Something was you know, noticeably wrong, something triggered it. So me being Dr. Google, I was like, what the frick just happened? And I sort of self-diagnosed myself as an anxiety attack. And I couldn't figure out what was going on because honestly, I, I'm like, here I am. I'm just meditating every day. Am I, what's going on? I I was the, and am all things considered in the world, the most mentally stable I've ever been in my entire life. I have worked through so much and I was feeling, yes, things are hard. And yes, it's been two years of pandemic working from home with kids, but it's not, um, I thought I had a handle on it. So I was really surprised by this and I just sort of marked it off as a one-time thing. Then a few days later I was cooking dinner and I could feel that same sensation starting to sort of gradually come on. And at this point I, also simultaneously, I was making kitchen dinner in the kitchen. And the kids weren't home and I could hear my husband come home with the kids to the door. I was like, oh, shit. I have to, if they see me and I can't breathe, this is going to be bad. So I texted my husband and said, you know, I, I think an anxiety attack's coming on. I'm going to go hide. So I went and hid in another room on the main floor because I knew I wouldn't be able to make it up the stairs. And I sort of just went through the motions of the anxiety attack, knowing what was in store. The difference this time was that I didn't feel like I ever fully recovered. Whereas the previous, so quote unquote, anxiety attack, I, after 10 minutes, it was gone and I sort of bounced back to normal. 
This time, I still couldn't catch my breath. So I went to bed with this feeling of, you know, when someone tells you to focus on your breathing, or to not focus on your breathing, but all you can do is focus on your breathing and you feel like you can't catch your breath. It was like that, but mixed in a tinge of waterboarding. I don't know how to describe it. Um, and then I, I thought, you know what, maybe just a good night's sleep will help. I'm going to rest. I took some melatonin. I put on a sleep story. I put on a meditation. I just, I took a lot of melatonin. I was like, I'm going to bed. I can't deal with this right now. <laughs> this is ridiculous. And I woke up the next morning and I still couldn't breathe. I, oh no, it was at night this happened, but my husband and I, um, so we, it was at dinner time. I'd had my first one. And then at night, I was still feeling really off, but I, when I feel off, I have this urge to have everything under control so I can rest in like a clean space. It's this weird thing of mine. So I I got my husband to help fix the duvet cover because if you use a duvet and a duvet cover, you know that the corners never perfectly line up. And if it does for that brief moment, it's luxurious and heavenly, but you know, 99% of the time it's all over the place and has a mind of its own. So it's like, screw this. We're shaking out this frigging duvet cover. And you take half and I'll take half. I can't do this by myself. I shook it twice and my heart rate jumped to 130. And I couldn't breathe and I almost collapsed with um, exhaustion. It's like, what is going on? This is ridiculous. For the record, if you have no idea anything about me, as a baseline, I classify myself as a washed up elite athlete. So I've spent my entire life doing competitive elite sports. So when I was 15 years old, I could squat 180 pounds, right? Like I'm from a structural, (laughs) from a structural perspective, I am a fit person and my baseline, um, I can be strong, but I'm washed up, right? Like I'm, it's not been a focus for me. So this is a new, this is a big thing. This is to go to 130 for my heart rate, fluff, fluff, co-fluffing a blanket, (laughs) two fluffs with the help of my husband is not normal (laughs) for me. And I went to bed melatonin and freaked out. Woke up the next morning, still couldn't breathe. I was helping get the kids ready or something. And I had to walk upstairs to get socks or something wrong article of clothing that we chose because we chose blue pants instead of light blue pants. And I got to the top of the stairs and I couldn't catch my breath. And I just sat on the stairs trying to breathe, freaking out. Fast forward an hour, the kids went to school. I'm sitting on a chair trying to catch my breath, answer email, I can't. So I called telehealth if you're in Ontario or Canada. I'm not, I think it's an Ontario thing. Maybe it's a Canada thing. Either way, it's essentially um, in Canada or Ontario, what we call if you can't get hold of the doctor and you don't want to go to the emergency room. 99% of the time, they tell you to go to the emergency room and call an ambulance, <laughs> even though it's, I think that's just their way of you saying you know, be safe. We don't want to be sued. But I explained all my symptoms and lo and behold, they said, you need to go to the hospital. So I said, I'm not going to the hospital because I I don't want to right now, to be honest. Like I, I, I can still breathe fine. I'm able to talk. I don't want to go sit in the ER. COVID's still a thing. I'm, I'm, I have to work. I'm not com- priorities. I have to work priorities. I'm not comfortable with this right now. So if I'm not, I promise you that if I'm not able to get an appointment with my doctor today, then I will go to the hospital. So I called my doctor. I have, I am so lucky to have a family doctor who is able to get me in same day. I explained what was going on and they were able to get me in a few hours later. It was wonderful. I am so grateful. 
And <laughs> so funny though, sidebar, I just about lost my SHIT because one of the symptoms of COVID and screening is shortness of breath, which is exactly what I was experiencing. And with that symptom, essentially, I they didn't know if I was going to be allowed to go into the doctors to see the doctor. So I was like, that's says I didn't actually say this to anybody. I just called my husband and cried because I was like, this is bullshit. I can't breathe and I can't see a doctor. What am I supposed to do? And this is blah, blah, blah. And this is our healthcare system is crumbling and people in trucks are picketing and here I am and I can't breathe and our healthcare system is falling apart and our nurses are nurses are having mental breakdowns because they're working so hard and then people are outside their hospitals driving their trucks and honking their horns. <laughs> Let me ram all my political beliefs into one whiny sentence. But all that to say is I was super frustrated. Thank goodness, again, I have faith in these amazing doctors and nurses. She was able to screen me. I was able to, you know, I, ex I explained how we had, how you had COVID two or three weeks, three weeks prior. Um, and with all things other considered and everything that had happened, um, she was able to get me in and sort of waive that one exception, that one sort of screening. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been able to go in. Anywho. <clears throat> Long story short, she sent me for a whole bunch of things. I had to get, uh, we wanted to make sure, because the problem with travel, <laughs> I said to her, it's like, is it, the problem with this is that it could be nothing or it could be my heart is exploding, right? She's like, yeah, actually, that's a pretty good diagnosis. I was like, I mean, in a nicer, more appropriate doctor way. And it's <laughs> like, I'm just nervous that my heart's going to explode. And we have someone in the family right now who's having heart issues. And I was like, oh no, is it genetic? And blah, 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 blah. So, long story short, she was wonderful and sent me for a bunch of tests. I had to um, go get an ECG for my heart. I had to do a whole crap ton of blood work. I um, ended up having to go to the hospital for chest x-rays. Uh, what else did I have to do? Anyways, um, all that to say, things were, uh, I went and got a bunch of testing. The testing I was looking online for ECGs was like two weeks out. I was like, this is silly. So, yay positive about the truckers is again I, I i show my bias towards obviously what's happening um in political situations but um i think if you know me it's not to say i'm not open to having different conversations but the the point is it's not something i support that's the bottom line i'm happy to talk about it but the really super cool part was that to get blood work and ecgs everywhere else in the city was a ridiculous wait and three hours if you go and stand and wait. I mean, you could sign in online, but eventually you're still going to have to stand for like at least an hour, an hour and a half. I've done it before. And there is a one place that does them that is quite literally right where the city is shut down, but you can still get there. So it was a six minute wait, whereas everywhere else was a three hour wait because I think people were nervous to go downtown. So positive. And the staff there, I was talking to them and they said, you know, it's been the quietest two weeks they've had and they're quite, they're quite um, grateful for the break. So there's positive. So I got all that. I went to the hospital. Again, this is where as women, I think I, I need to, I'm sorry, I'm not going to generalize as me. I need to do better because I didn't go to the hospital. I was told to go to the hospital for my chest x-ray. And I was like, I'm going to go after work and after bedtime because I have to finish work and I have to take care of the kids and I have to do bedtime. And I have all these, no, don't get me wrong. I split them with my husband, but I have to spend time with the kids and I have to carry my load. And how 
frigged up is that? That I couldn't breathe and I was going to the hospital for checks that craze. But in hindsight, I couldn't just go and stop and go during the middle of the day. I physically could have, but I chose not to because I'm a goof. So something to work on positive. <clears throat> Anyways, um, one of the other things that I noticed while I was waiting for my blood results, because I actually, in that time in between panic attack or anxiety attack number one and anxiety attack number two, I'd also played soccer for the first time in six years. And I played, um, most of you probably have no idea what this is, but it's called futsal. Essentially, it is soccer in a gymnasium. So it's much more fast paced, like cocky, sort of like quick little bursts and shifts. Um, but it's co-ed. So we only have two girls have to be on at the same time. And we only had three girls. We were missing us up. So um, essentially, you know, you ran for my math is going to be wrong. You ran for four minutes. You were off for a minute sort of thing. And I, I, to my back to my breathing point, I couldn't breathe. I couldn't catch my breath. I used to be active. I, I didn't do terribly from an objective perspective, but for me, I, I was trying not to be dramatic, but I think I was still a bit mopey. I very clearly between you and I, between me and the public world with no hold bars, I was really scared. Um, and I, I held back quite a lot. Um, I'm really, really bad at saying, you know, I'm not going to try my hardest. I'm not going to push myself into like puking or whatnot, but I, I really held back and it sucked. But I, even on the sidelines, I quite literally almost thought I was going to pass out. I, I've never been so close to fainting. I couldn't catch my breath. My heart rate was really high, but then in hindsight, my friend's heart rates were also really high, but I, I hadn't felt like that before. I also worked out, I can't remember which days they were. I'd also worked out weights for the first time in a while. But when I was doing basic things like just lunges or deadlifts, which is something I'm usually, I'm bottom heavy, not bottom heavy, but I'm strong, bottom strong. Cause I used to ski racing and soccer. So my legs are just jacked. Those things are easy. Not easy for me, but those things come second nature to me. Um, I had to hold onto the wall so I wouldn't faint. So some of these symptoms thinking I'm having an anxiety attack, talked to my therapist in the midst of all this. And, you know, we essentially said, yeah, it's probably just anxiety. We need to figure out how to slow down. But I'm like, but I am slowing down. Really cool thing about medicine and healthcare now versus when I was younger, younger in the distant, like let's say five, 10 years ago is now we have access to all of our medical stuff. So before my doctor even called me, I started getting through all these portals, all of my results back essentially everything but my thyroid came back. Everything was fine, right? So my chest was good. My ECG was good. All my blood work was good. Iron was good. I'd been so diligent with taking all of my medication. I have hypothyroidism. I'd been taking my pills like religiously um, because now I, now I take ADHD meds. So I take my thyroids at the same time, which the doctor says, or the pharmacist says is totally fine. And so I take them all at the same time. And I've been the most diligent I've ever been in my entire 15 years of hypothyroidism. Oh, that makes me seem so old. 15 years. How is that? Well, maybe a little bit less, 12 years. <laughs> and it, so all my, all these things came back negative except for my thyroid. And I then had an appointment with my therapist and we essentially said, look, here's the thing. This is what happened. I'm annoyed. Nothing's wrong. This is great. I'm really happy that nothing's wrong. My heart's not going to explode. I, you know, I'm, I'm really grateful that I'm healthy, but 
it sounds like this is just anxiety and I need to figure out how to fix this because I am not okay with this. And I thought I was doing well, but apparently my body is rejecting me. And maybe, you know, two years of all of this stuff is bubbling up to the surface. And we have some other stuff we deal with on an ongoing basis with some of our kids. And I was like, maybe this is just a compounded, the compound interest of all the crap that I've gone through. So fast forward to therapy, we get some good strategies in place. I, you know, fill my mom in and explain what's going on. (laughs) The day after therapy, and I've started trying to accept that I'm going crazy. And then this is all just anxiety and COVID because the doctor essentially said it's probably just post COVID and anxiety. Like, okay, cool. Great. This is annoying. These are all things that can't be proven or whatever. She calls me and said, all your results come back but your thyroid is outrageous. It is really, really bad. And I'll give you the numbers because if you have hypothyroidism or you deal with thyroid stuff, you'll appreciate this. But essentially the normal range for hypothyroidism, okay, I'm not going to explain it. It's confusing, but essentially my body doesn't produce enough thyroid stuff, which regulates a whole crap ton of things in your body. And it hasn't for a really long time. So I've taken supplements for, let's say 14 years it's been a big problem over my life and it's fluctuated with pregnancy and things like that. And I think I actually did an episode in one of the previous seasons, which I, maybe if I feel the initiative, I'll link it up. But she's like, your thyroid is really, really bad. It is 26, which the normal range is zero to five. The last time I've only had my thyroid in the twenties, I think once it was in the teens and once was in the twenties, the last time it was in the 20s, I have a naturopath who is, oh God, she's awesome. Actually, if you're in Ottawa, Dr. Colleen McQuarrie from the Ottawa Integrated Health Center. She's the owner. She's amazing. She is who I go to when I um, want more information about what's going on because I'm paying her and she does a whole, she's just so good. Anyways, the last time um, my thyroid got that bad was when I was in postpartum depression. I essentially stopped taking my meds. My body was freaking out and I was struggling. And I will never forget this. She said to me, I have no idea how you are not in the hospital right now with these numbers. So just to paint a picture of how um, wild that is. And again, if you have thyroid problems, you'll be like, yeah, okay, that's, that's messed up. It is really bad. And I didn't understand because I had been so diligent about taking my pills. Truly, the idea that my thyroid was off didn't even occur to me. I It's funny because I, I almost told her just not to bother testing it because I've been so good about it. And the last time I had tested it, which I, get, I go regularly for tests because it's an ongoing thing, is it was fine. Everything was perfect. Um, if anything, it was starting to improve. So I was both frustrated, but primarily really happy because the cool thing about my thyroid being so bad was because I've, I've experienced this before. And for me with my thyroid stuff, if I can tweak my dosage of medicine, essentially it takes about two weeks to kick in. And then I feel back to my baseline, which my baseline is not great, but it's just what I'm used to. So it's fine. Yay. Long-term chronic stuff, but it's, I can breathe again and I can function again and I can sleep better again. 
So that was really positive. The other thing was it was something tangible that wasn't just, you know, anxiety and post COVID, which of course those are tangible, very real things. I'm, you know how I am about mental health or maybe you don't, but it's, I'm a huge advocate for mental health, but it was, it's really, it was really difficult for me to correlate. And I know they do correlate, but to get in over my head and correlate the physical symptoms that I was experiencing with the idea that it could just be panic attacks or anxiety attacks. And I mean, they still might've been, but what I think happened was, and actually I am going to Google hypothyroidism on symptoms because I always forget <laughs> um, what they are because when you are fine, you're fine. You don't think much about it until something like this happens. You're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. But according to the super reputable source, mailclinic.org right now, um, symptoms include fatigue, increased sensitivity to cold, constipation, dry skin, weight gain, puffy face, hoarseness, muscle weakness, elevated blood cholesterol levels, muscle aches, tenderness, pain, stiffness, swelling of the joints, heavier than normal regular periods, thinning hair, slowed heart rate, depression, impaired memory, enlarged gland, goiter. Um, I also looked up that difficulty breathing is a huge one as well. <clears throat> And if you listened to the last episode about me sleeping in a sleeping bag, um, this makes sense with the increased sensitivity to cold. And um, the other day I was sitting at my desk. I was in, I should have, like, I need to figure out how to put checks and balances into this because I was sitting at my desk working in a long underwear shirt, a fleece, a down vest, a down jacket with the heater on with fluffy socks and sweats. And I was still, I couldn't tighten. My hands were so cold. Um, heavier than normal periods. It's like carry right now. Um, depression. And it, it's so funny because again, I think emotionally I'm the best I've ever been. But I remember in during this time looking over at my husband and be like, I think I'm depressed. I don't know what's wrong. I don't know why, but I can't, I just can't. I'm sad. Muscle aches. I mean, I, I thought it was post COVID. Maybe it was just this the whole time. But, um, the cool thing about this is that everything is explained by it. And there is for me a fairly simple fix. <clears throat> and I think what I've come to realize is that the anxiety attacks, I was actually creating them myself. So if I have to guess, and I'll be talking to my doctor about this, but again, this is just purely my guess based on everything. I was having trouble breathing because my thyroid was so, so catastrophically bad. And even having a conversation like this, I wouldn't have, I would have struggled to breathe and talk. And because I was having trouble breathing, when you have trouble catching your breath, if you start putting, I started to put myself into a spiral and I actually was freaking out because I couldn't breathe, which then exacerbated the problem, which then sent me into an anxiety attack. I think that's what happened. Anyhow, all things considered, I think this is this is fantastic. I'm quite happy with how it played out. But I think so much of this story and why I wanted to share it was because I have kids who are almost four. <laughs> My baby's almost four. Oh, I have to plan his birthday party. Almost four and six. I have a partner who is quite literally my equal partner. Yes, I have more of a mental load on stuff, but that's more of a me problem than a him problem, to be honest. I have all the support in the world. I have so much privilege. It's kind of wild. And yet 
I'm still not taking care of myself and putting myself first to the best of my ability. And the reason I mention all of my privilege and my kid's age and my husband is because I know a lot of you listening don't have all of that. And you know, may have kids who are young and you're in the thick of things. And those, if I have, I don't know if this comes off poorly or great. I don't, I honestly don't really care because if I have all of this privilege and all of this support and all of these resources and tools, and I'm still struggling with something as basic as (laughs) prioritizing a chest x-ray and taking care of myself, then it just, I can't even imagine how hard it is for other people. Um, and I, and I have no prescriptive advice and no prescriptive words because how easy would it be for me to sit in this place of privilege and say, well, you just have to do this. No, it doesn't work like that. But just know that if you are struggling and if you are having anxiety attacks or you're depressed or you're having, you know, struggles right now, we all are in our own way. Just know that you're not alone and there is a community of people out there and Um, you know what I will do actually, I will make it a point. I'll put it on my checklist. And before I publish this episode, I'll make it a point to try to dig up some resources that, um, are more accessible, maybe some free resources or maybe, um, some more affordable options. Um, and I'll throw them in the, the description as well, or maybe things that I've used. (sighs) Oh my goodness. So So that is my story. I feel like there's a huge part of this and component that I missed. I have this sort of feeling that there's an element that I, I, it just came up and I remembered I'd had to share it, but I can't remember what it is. So I will throw it in the description when I inevitably remember it later. Thank you for listening. I, um, I am. Yeah, I'm doing much better today. It's now been almost a week since I'm, oh, (laughs) I know what it was. How did my thyroid get so wonky if I was taking my medicine? This is an important point. Um, because I, I think if I were listening, I'd be like, well, she said she was taking them so well, what happened? (laughs) I just listened to inventing Anna and I think I, I, I binged it so aggressively that uh, I now talk like her. So that was my Anna impression. <laughs> weird, weird thing that happened. And I honestly don't know, not that fault matters, but I don't know where the break, sorry, I'm going to change it from fault. I don't know where the break in communication happened. And it doesn't matter. It really doesn't. But so I take thyroid meds for a long, long time, I took a 200 dose. And when I tested last for my thyroid, it was doing really well. It was almost like starting to come down. So my doctor said, let's try the lower dose. So to jump down to 175. Somehow I started getting 150s and taking those from the pharmacy. And I had actually been taking instead of 200 instead of trying the smaller dose, I actually jumped down two doses. So I was just accidentally taking the wrong dose. I have taken um, thyroid meds for so long that I I rarely look at them anymore. I just sort of take them and go. I think what happened was the pharmacy started randomly 
um, <laughs> I need to look into this, but it's one, again, one of those things, it's like one extra thing to do. Started randomly refilling my prescription um, and I would get notifications on my phone. For, I didn't even ask them to do this, but I was like, oh, maybe the universe is just making my life easier. <laughs> uh, started getting notifications like your prescription's ready. So I would just go pick it up and be like, oh, okay. They just know I'm out of thyroid medication. So, so lovely of them. I think somehow that got kicked in, whether it was me or the pharmacy or some random internet bot, I don't know, kicked in an old prescription because over the years I've gone through almost every dose imaginable. Like I just, it's one of those things where it just keep ever changing. And so I think maybe there was a bunch of refills on an old dose and it kicked in, but I already had, I also had the 175, but it was being refilling the 150 and I didn't check because you know, why would, I mean, I should, it's my responsibility. Absolutely. But it was just one of those things where busy mom, just happy to proud of herself for refilling her prescription. High five. Um, so anyways, that's what happened. That's the uh, big mystery. We, my, my doctor was like, what dose are you actually on? And I walked to my medicine cabinet and I was like, huh, this is wrong. This is 150. She's like, oh yeah. So thyroid's wonking. Everything's, you know, experienced or created my own anxiety attacks for the first time. Chilled in the hospital, got to chat with some lovely human beings in healthcare. And uh, I'm going to keep meditating and sleeping in my sleeping bag. There you go. Okay. <laughs> As always, let me know on Instagram if you have any questions and I'll uh, see you in the next episode whenever that might be, whenever I have a random thought. Okay. Bye.